0: wonderful day today i gotta say i just saw rise of the evil dead or evil dead rise and my god was that a good movie really good but of course we'll talk about that later first we're gonna start off like we always do with comics and by god was this a good week for comics i mean really first let's start off with batman and joker deadly duo issue number six now this issue was absolutely insane It's revealed that Donald Sims' experiment that he did, he actually also did on his daughter. Which is why she is back from the dead. And it's insane. He used that research also to basically try to fix his face. Which is why in the previous issues, he had that blackness over his eye. Now that his daughter's back, she is basically immortal and has researched further to create the mutants that she considers her children. Now, she apparently cut a deal with Joker, which is saying something, and when he goes to collect his payment, she basically backslaps him. Basically also having super strength, so he goes flying back. Now, apparently part of his deal was bringing Batman together and capturing Gordon, Harley did not know any of this because of course she didn't and Batman tries to talk her down but she says that she could feel herself being reborn because of the experimentation. When she died and when she was buried she basically felt her cells reattaching themselves. That is already sounding painful. Anyway she stated that she needed nutrients and the dead bodies in the cemetery supplied them not only was she able to absorb their bodies, but their memories, their desires, everything, which is creepy. And now she wants to create Gotham in her own image where everyone gets what they desire, but there's no free will. Batman understands that there is absolutely no reasoning with crazy, signals the Joker to go get his utility belt, which was detached from him. She goes to her father and and he tries to apologize, but she rips his head clean off of him. That was not what I was expecting at all. Joker grabs his belt, gives it to Batman, and they all begin to attack. Batman frees Gordon, gives him his gun, tells him to make all the bullets count. Now, Batman presses a button on his belt, and makes Joker's new suit explode with gas. Gordon... Asks if Batman just killed the Joker. And Batman says no. Gordon says that's a shame. And I gotta say that was hilarious. Because let's be honest. If uh, Joker were to die. I don't think Gordon would shed much of a tear. Anyway the gas basically has a pathogen. To work against the mutation of these creatures. So these creatures need to cannibalize. And eat meat to regain nutrients. Because they decomp. But, this gas accelerates their decomposition, making it easier for them to be killed. Batman and Amanda fight. Batman cuts off her arm, and the grip she has on his neck still tightens. And she just walks towards her hand, and it just automatically reattaches. That is some creepy stuff. Gordon shoots her in the neck, and the bullets in his gun have a concentrated dose... Of the gas making her need to recover. Batman tells Joker to leave and to take Gordon. Says he will get his payment that Amanda promised if Gordon isn't killed. Gordon hesitates but sees an army of mutants and knows that he's just going to be a liability. So they leave. When they get to the area, Gordon asks where Harley is and Harley hits him in the head with a rock. Twice. Batman arrives, asks what happened to Gordon and Joker says he fell onto a rock. (laughs) well he wasn't too wrong anyway joker basically says that he wants his payment or harley is going to kill gordon joker notes that amanda and her freak show is almost at their location the payment is basically this key i have no idea what it unlocks batman puts it on his neck and they begin to fight and that's the end of the issue now i gotta say this has been an absolute blast of a book I mean seriously, I am super happy when I'm wrong about an assumption. And like I said before, I originally thought Man Bat was gonna have was gonna be a part of the story. That Langstrom was behind the experimentation. But I was wrong. It's totally a entirely different person. And I'm okay with that. And how crazy Amanda is to the point where she just betrays the Joker. I can't wait next week to find out what the heck joker wants like what is so important for that key that joker's willing to go to team up with batman to have harley be kidnapped and him basically play second fiddle so i'm excited for that story and i really hope that this writer gets another chance to write a batman story because he knows how to write with that being said we're moving on to marvel with the end of the sins of sinister And we're starting off with Dominion, issue number one. And I gotta say, this is a very long ending. So to start off, it starts off with Moria at the lab entrance, trying to figure out how to get in. Sinister says that Destiny said there would be an opening, and it's revealed that Destiny has been playing the long-term game. Really, really long-term. So apparently, a hundred... Not a hundred... A thousand years before to kill Thanos they basically shot Juggernaut like a bullet I guess he did kill Thanos but apparently he never stopped he has been going and going and going and he basically hits Galactus that is also a Ghost Rider for some reason so everything basically implodes and the lab unlocks Sinister tells her Not to do anything because he still needs to upload his file so his previous self knows exactly what happened. So they don't basically go on repeat. But he is stabbed in the stomach by a blade belonging to Ironfire. Sinister is surprised because one, he shot him in the head. He's supposed to be dead. Ironfire reveals that he is able to make his blood into metal and... He did that before the fight, meaning that the headshot didn't work, which is actually kind of interesting because that means he actually prepared, which is usually very good because a lot of times these guys don't prepare for something and this man came in ready. Anyway, meanwhile, while all this is happening, it's revealed that Beast is coming after all of them, after Emma died, but he is killed by Xavier, who's also going after the clones, Everyone can feel Xavier coming view the psychic connection. Sinister talks to Ironfire, telling him that Xavier is the bigger threat and that he will not be able to block his mental attacks. Ironfire reminds him that his blood can turn into metal. And apparently that means any type of metal because he cuts his head a little bit, allows the blood to come down, and he forms a version of Magneto's helmet which is a very specific type of metal sinister states that's that's still not enough to fight off xavier and he offers to inject bobby's mutant gene into iron fire allowing him to control ice which is a good thing and interesting because blood is 70 percent water iron fire agrees let sinister go sinister injects him and basically he's able to grow with his new powers and flies towards Xavier, who's basically taken over a planet. Xavier is surprised, and he thinks it's Magneto. Ironfire destroys the planet that Xavier was controlling, and basically Sinister gets to his lab. He and Moria fight, but Namor clones, who are working for Xavier, show up. Sinister uploads his file, and does one last act of cleansing. He had a failsafe. And activates it, which kills anybody with his X-Gene. So that means every single person that's been cloned from Sinister or one of his clones ends up being evaporated. And it is something to behold. This man has killed trillions. And he begins to descend or ascend into Dominion. A place out of space and time where he'll basically be a god. But, it's revealed that someone has gotten to Dominion first. He is absolutely distraught. Iron Fire shows up, cuts off his head, and Moria kills the clone, basically resetting everything. And when he gets back, it's to the point where he just killed Emma, Xavier, Hope, Exodus. And some of the Quiet Council members are looking for him. They basically do the same thing they did before resurrect hope and xavier and all that stuff he sees that he's going to have to go back in time and then he sees that there's a new file he downloads it and sees everything that he experienced before but moria added a virus which destroys all his clones trapping him in this timeline and a new clone was created which was revealed to be rasputin 4 Now, another thing is that Mother Righteous, a big player within the Sins of Sinister in the future, apparently gave all her knowledge to her past self. So now she knows everything that happened in this new future. Anyway, Rasputin 4 basically captures Sinister, brings them to the Quiet Council, and basically says Mother Righteous is the reason for all this good stuff happening. She tells everybody what Sinister had done and about everybody who was just resurrected being infected with Sinister's influence. Sinister is put under Kuroka's prison, but he begins to basically ramble, telling them that there is a much bigger threat, that he is nothing compared to the person who had reached Dominion. And to keep everyone else safe, so nothing of the future happens, everybody who is resurrected, Xavier, Emma, Hope, they agree to have themselves imprisoned so they don't risk of turning. And the comic ends. I gotta say, Mother Righteousness having now influence is insane and it basically shakes up the status quo of Kuroka because now Hope is no longer there. I don't know how they're going to be able to resurrect people, especially with Sinister's influence still embedded. And it hints at a much bigger threat happening. And it makes things interesting because remember, in the fall, a new event is happening, talking about the fall of Kuroka. So, with most of the leaders gone, hope trapped, you make things happen. And I don't know what's going to happen next. Because... What, you have Stark going to be involved in this event, especially since someone is basically making sentinels out of his Iron Man suits. So like I said, it's definitely going to be interesting, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Next, we're going to be talking about Aliens, issue number 6. Now, when we last left off, Eli attempts to stop Freya from saving the kid, saying that she cares more about the humans than basically the other synthetics. They get into a fight. She says that he is basically what the humans think of synthetics are. And he is as bad as the humans he criticizes. This allows her to stab him in the eye. Letting his grip loosen. And he goes to try to save the kid. She jumps down to where the kid is. And Eli screams that she doesn't have a weapon. She notes that Nora, the synthetic that died fighting the queen left one embedded in the queen's head she grabs it and begins to kill all the aliens and fights the queen eli basically is supporting her shooting the queen from behind saying that they are definitely not done fighting but he basically understands that the queen needs to be taken care of the kid begins to run with a gun and facehuggers are behind him he shoots them which is props to him But he misses, which is understandable, because the dude's a kid. What does a kid know how to use a gun? Anyway, uh, Freya shows up before they can grab onto him and basically impregnate him. She throws them away. The queen shows up, and they begin to fight. Freya allows her arm to be bitten by the alien's tongue, and she rips it out of the alien's mouth, which I just... That was awesome. The kid throws the gun to her. She grabs the gun, shoots the alien queen in the mouth, apparently killing her. Of course, I mean, you shoot someone in the mouth, brains and all that stuff. So basically, she's dead, which was pretty cool. Meanwhile, the sergeant and the soldiers begin to touch down where the synthetics are. And they explain, one of the soldiers says, hey, I was told that the synthetics were going to get citizenship. Sergeant reveals that was never going to happen that it was all things just to say to get them to go on this mission they begin to touch down they go outside thinking that they see one of the synthetics but run into the alien human hybrid which is bulletproof and apparently cannot die and begins to just destroy them freya and the kid go to the ship thinking that they're going to be greeted by soldiers but see the alien hybrid eli basically comes out of nowhere, saves them, and shoots the hybrid several times. None of the bullets penetrate her, but my guess, it still hurts. They all walk around the hybrid, and Eli basically brings the gun up, Freya says they need to leave and he agrees and they both go on the all three of them go on the ship so afterwards they're talking of Freya and Eli and Eli begins to say how he understands that they're not human but some of the other synthetics especially the one that lost his significant other basically was mourning which is something they're not really able to do and they he basically says I wonder how long it'll take for me to unlock my philosophy settings or whatever. So they begin to say something I want to say was from the Bible or something. But as this speech is going on, the comic shifts to the hybrid, which is now sleeping, surrounded by the aliens. And my guess is that she is their new queen. And the comic ends. So I have no idea where they're going to go off on this. I know they just released a new issue of an alien series which is separate from this but that doesn't mean that none of the characters are not going to show up that can happen especially since they now established a hybrid that is basically bulletproof i don't know what's going to need to penetrate that armor but it's going to be something very either acidic or something predator like anyway this was actually a great series i really loved it sad it's ending but again i wonder where everything is going to lead to and that's it for comics we're going to be moving on to tv shows and first on our list is the witcher trailer for season three wow i gotta say they are basically sending off henry cavall with everything i mean this man basically is the ultimate fan of for the Witcher series. He's read the books, he's played the games, and I am super happy that fans have stuck by him as the showrunner has tried to throw him under the bus because he wanted the show to stick to the source material. And it's hilarious how they basically said no, try to make an original story about the Witcher and and it crashed and burned. Liam Hensworth is going to have a huge uphill battle to win over these fans. And with Season 3 going to be broken up into two parts. One releasing in June and the other one releasing in July. You know that these guys, these fans that have dedicated themselves to basically supporting Henry Caval. They're going to be doing these watch parties. And I'm here for them. Heck, I am super excited for his Warhammer show that's going to be happening, I believe it's going to be on either Amazon or Peacock, but good for him. The Witcher Season 3 looks like it's taking some notes from the Witcher 3 video game. Again, the showrunner likes to do their own thing, so I'm not entirely sure. I've never been a big Witcher person, I never read the books, I really didn't play the game, don't shoot me. But again, I'm super excited to see someone so dedicated to his craft get supported by fans. Next, a show that is leaving us. Oh my god, I never thought I'd hear the day that Big Mouth is going to be ending. And it's going to be ending with season 8. Now season 7 hasn't released yet, so that means we have one more season to see how it all ends. And I gotta say, I still can't believe this show's 8 years old. When I heard it was ending on season 8, I kept thinking to myself, it's been on for almost 8 years? And you know what? If they know that it's going to end, they can end the show in style. Not to mention Human Resources, its spin-off will also be ending with season 2. Now, the reason for this is most likely Nick Knoll and everyone else involved wants to move on and work on other stuff, which makes sense because after 8 years, you kind of run out of things to do. So, they're going off into the new unknown, and I'm happy for them. Can't wait to see what Season 7 brings. Heck, I cannot wait to see what Season 8 brings, and I wonder how they're going to end it all. Now moving on, one thing that I've been seeing a lot more images on, a trailer or teaser hasn't been released yet, but it is for the Twisted Metal TV show. And I gotta say, the pictures that I've seen, especially for Sweet Tooth, wow, they are going for authentic. And you know what? It looks pretty good. It doesn't look corny. The costume actually makes them look scary. So who knows? Maybe we'll get a happy adaptation. And you know what? After The Last of Us, I'm trusting Sony with their new TV shows adaptations. We'll see where it goes, and hopefully it's good. Anyway, that's it for TV shows. Moving on to movies. And I gotta say, this might be a little disappointing, and that is White Man Can't Jump. And for those of you who don't understand what that title means, it's a movie from the 90s. A very good movie with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrison. Would definitely recommend you guys watching that movie because they're rebooting it and it has Jack Harlow and Jinqual Walls. And I really don't think they're gonna have the same chemistry as Snipes and Harrison. So apparently Wall's character gets duped by Harlow's character, something similar to the original movie, but they need to team up to win a basketball game with the prize money being half a million dollars. And you know what? I really hope it's good. But with the trailer only releasing a month before the movie's supposed to release. And it's a Hulu Direct movie. I mean, I'm sorry. You figure with Jack Harlow attached to this, they'd be like, oh, we need a bank on his name. Let's release this into the movie theaters. Let's just say I think it's going to stream for a reason. So I really hope it's good. But yeah, that's a very, very slim chance. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway... A new movie coming out which I was not expecting but it is the Equalizer 3 trailer dropped and it looks amazing. The previous two movies were great. I didn't think they were going to make another one especially with the Queen Latifah TV show happening around the same time. But you know what? It's going to be awesome and with this going to be the last chapter I know it's going to be all out especially since it's taking place in Italy and it has to do with the mafia sold it's Denzel Washington the dude is amazing and I wonder how it's gonna hold up against John Wick because that is gonna be a very hard action movie to top speaking about topping stuff the new Flash trailer released and wow I gotta say I don't think another trailer is gonna top this unless it comes from the MCU because it was amazing of course, we know Barry went back in time, saved his mother, and now we're living in the flashpoint. And the trailer is basically leading us to the conclusion that something is going to happen with one of the flashes. And from what the trailer has shown, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster. And you know what? I gotta say, Michael Keaton. <laughs> That's all you gotta know, man. Michael Keaton back as Batman. I really hope that they do the Flashpoint justice and wonder if basically it's going to meet the same fate as Shazam 2, especially with a lot of people not happy about Ezra Miller. Surprisingly enough, you're seeing a lot in a lot of articles about the director, Warner Brothers saying, oh, they're a fantastic actor. They are doing this. They're doing that. But I think they're really trying to protect their assets and make sure that, hey, we are going to bury everything that happened the previous two years. Please see our new movie. Who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Anyway, the new trailer for The Little Mermaid has dropped. And it shows us a lot more Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. And she doesn't look half bad. I'm really curious to see how she's going to do. And I think she's going to blow it out of uh, the, the water, <laughs> so to speak. I had to stop myself. I was like, should I? Eh, Why not? Anyway, more and more images are dropping of Sebastian, Flounder, Scuttle, and by God, are all those images nightmarish. And they released an image of Ariel's sisters. (laughs) And the comments on these things are hilarious. People are basically calling Triton the Nick Cannon of the ocean. And it's funny because when you think about it the dude has seven daughters and i mean you see them they're all from different ethnic backgrounds so i gotta say if disney wants us to believe that triton is a hustler you know what mission accomplished if that wasn't your goal you gotta realize you have a bunch of different daughters from different ethnic backgrounds Don't know if you were trying to mark a checklist, but they all have the same father. You're wondering how many mothers they all had. Just saying. Anyway, hopefully the movie is good, but I'm really hoping it's not as bad as Mulan was, because that was bad. Anyway, speaking of bad, I liked the trailer for the upcoming Transformers Rise of the Beast. It looked good, but I have been burned so many times by Michael Bay. The previous two Transformers movies sucked. In my opinion, Dark Side of the Moon was the last greatest Transformers movie. Just saying. Anyway, and when the one thing I really do hate about the Transformers series is that they don't care for the established timeline. They really don't. I don't understand how hard it is to just stick with a timeline because this movie... Apparently, it's connected to the previous movies, but it here's the thing. It has Unicron as the main villain, but during the Mark Wahlberg movies, it was revealed that Earth was Unicron. At this point, each movie is in its own separate universe, except for the Shia LaBeouf movies. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> because they really don't care about timelines, and you know what? Neither should I. So, like I said, the trailer does look good, but I am not holding my breath for this movie i'm really not anyway uh disney has a new original film animated film coming out which is crazy because we've been getting remakes after remakes after live action remakes and this movie is not a part of pixar i want to stress that out as well it's called wish and it has alan tudyk chris pine and ariana debose and it will be about a 17 year old girl trying to save her world from an unknown darkness and a star falls out of the sky to answer her wish. And I got to say, from the trailer, from what it looks like, Chris Pine is playing the bad guy. And of course, Alan Tudyk is playing an animal, but this time he can actually talk. He's not going to be playing chicken noises for Moana, although I don't know if that's out of the question with the live action happening of Moana. I got to say, If you've never seen the director's commentary or behind the scenes for Moana, watch him because this man is hilarious. I think he yelled out, I went to Juilliard and he was basically making chicken noises. Again, hilarious guy. I can't wait to see the movie. But sadly, that can't be said about the new Hunger Games prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I gotta say, I'm pretty much done with The Hunger Games. The movies fell off, and this movie will be based on the book showing how the Snow family fell from grace and talk about how President... I want to say his name is Cornelius or Corallanos. I cannot pronounce that name. Snow came to be. And you know what? It should be an interesting movie. I just really didn't get into it with the trailer, So I really hope that it's good. Maybe it will be good. Maybe it won't. But I mean, like I said, The Hunger Games kind of fell off for me after the second one. I mean, I really didn't like the second one that much. The third one was eh, part one and part two. Shoot me, I wasn't a big Hunger Games fan. But like I said, I'm hoping The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is good. From a friend who did read the book, they told me that they really hope that they do better with the ending than the author did with the book because apparently the ending was rushed again didn't read the book so i'm going into this movie blind anyway lastly on our list is a movie i just saw which was evil dead rise and don't worry this is spoiler free i gotta say oh my god Were the practical effects just, wow. You gotta see the movie to understand what I'm talking about. The practical effects were amazing. Like, if they did CGI, I couldn't tell. And it was amazing. The movie, the movements, especially when, of course, the woman gets taken over by a dead eye. I mean, you had some legitimately creepy scenes. And the story wasn't half bad. I mean you get frustrated with these people making some really stupid mistakes but it was a great movie all in all and I'm excited to see what they do for the future because if you pay attention in the movie they kind of drop something a big bomb that kind of connects it to the other movies. Now, if you weren't paying attention, that's on you, but I'm just saying, it was during the recording scene, when they're listening to the recording on the record player. That's all I'm gonna say. But again, great movie, the story wasn't too bad, I can definitely see where they're going for future installments, and they didn't take their time building up to the movie. The movie happens, and you begin to care for some of these characters. So, I definitely would give it an 8 out of 10. Definitely a better horror movie than I've seen in a while. Heck, it was better than Scream. So, I mean, that's not really a high bar, but I definitely put it up there. It's not the weakest in the franchise. But, that's it for movies. We're going to be moving on to video games. First off, and while this isn't a video game per se, it's coming from a video game franchise. And if you would have told me this was going to happen... I would have laughed, but it's real. Trust me when I say it's real. So Call of Duty is releasing a board game. Now you may think, oh my God, why are you saying that's unreal? Call of Duty is a popular franchise and a lot of times these guys make board games. That's not the thing I have a problem with. It's coming out the fall of 2023 in the US and having a worldwide release in 2024. It's a strategy-based board game. But the thing that really shocked me and the thing I wasn't expecting to be on my bingo card is the fact that they have a Kickstarter for this board game. I'm sorry, did Activision go broke? Why would they need a Kickstarter for call of duty board game i'm sorry were all those billions of dollars somehow flushed down the drain didn't microsoft give them that much money or attempt to i mean shoot i mean they would probably have some billions of dollars they're richer than god right now so i don't know if this was for marketing or this was the lowest point of greed they could have gotten themselves in because, I mean, I gotta say, I don't even think EA would not in- would go this low. And that's saying something. So, yeah, uh, Call of Duty has a Kickstarter for their board game. Uh, I wish I was making that up. <laughs> Speaking about things I could have made up, but it's real. There's a trailer for it. Funko is getting into the video games with Funko Fusion. And... It looks very similar to Lego Dimensions, where you have these different characters from these different movies, TV shows, meeting, interacting, like you got Back to the Future, The Thing, Jurassic World, He-Man, and many more. And, I gotta say, I did not think Funko was going to be making a video game, but I get it, they're popular, and everybody wants a Funko Pop. Heck, I have several. And the one thing that would be cool is any of the Funko Pops we have already bought, you can actually turn them into like uh, video game characters in the game. I don't know if they would have to get some type of special permission, but that would be kind of cool. And the good thing is, unlike Lego Dimensions, the characters, you don't have to buy them separately. Like you don't have to go to the store, set up this elaborate machine, place your Funko Pop. You don't have to do any of that characters are not bought separately probably dlc but you don't have to go out of your way so i can't wait to try it and see how the game does next year so yep funko getting a video game i thought i heard it all anyway moving on the division 2 that's right the division 2 is getting a collab with resident evil And I got to say, that is the weirdest thing that they could have ever done. You know why? Because they're coming out with a new Division game. Why not wait for that to release? But I guess it's because it's cosmetics. It's going to be cool. The skins are going to be available uh, May 9th. I, yay, I don't know. Like I said, it's weird considering that they're making and releasing a brand new Division game. Heartland, I want to say the name is called. And they're doing something for Division 2. Maybe they know that people are going to flop back to Division 2. Who knows? Moving on, From Software is releasing a new video game from their very first and popular long-running as well series, Armor Core 6. Fire of Rubicon is going to be releasing August 25th. And I gotta say, from the gameplay, it looks really fun. It's a mech-based action game. And if it's from, from software, you know that they cannot help themselves. They're gonna either make boss battles, which are insane, or they're gonna make the gameplay very hard. Now, they stated that they're not gonna make it like a Souls game. That they're basically going back to their roots for this one. But you just know that they can't help themselves. They're that type of cruel. So I can't wait to see what happens and what secrets that this game holds for us. But like I said, it looks really cool. And if you played the previous ones, you know it's going to be a fun ride. Heck, I think the last one was about 10 years ago. Yeesh, I'm old. (laughs) Anyway, Layers of Fear just had a unreal engine 5 showcase and wow does it make a huge difference in the game it looks like an entirely different game and it's only what six seven years old the lighting is different and it looks so much better it's insane the difference in engines and how much power they have I'm super excited to see when they release the new Layers of Fear game because if they're using the graphics and it's on VR too, my soul has already left the building. And we'll probably be going to our next video game, which is Forza Mortarsport. They just released a new trailer talking about their accessibility features. And that is pretty cool because it is amazing how we are at the point where we can make video games accessible to all. Or at least almost everybody because you know what some people need to play video games and it's a shame that they're not able to for whatever reason and if they are able to make it easier for these guys to play video games you have my support 100 percent. that is amazing what's also amazing is the new jedi survivor game oh my god it's super fun so far I think I have about six hours in that, and that's not even progressing the story. My biggest problem is exploring, wanting to explore, and having to remind myself that... I gotta continue the story, because I'll probably run into an area I want to explore, but I'm not powerful enough yet, and I probably don't have the right abilities. But, wow, this is definitely going to be contender for game of the year. The only other game I see going to maybe rival it is Spider-Man 2. So, good job EA, you have made the next best spider uh I was going to say Spider-Man for what, whatever reason. Jedi Star Wars game. People thought that it was going to be a one-hit wonder, but Respawn has shown again that they can make an excellent single-player video game with no loot boxes and just give us just cosmetics, which is pretty cool. So, good job EA. You won. You it took a while, probably since the last time Fallen Order came out, but you did it. You made us proud. Anyway, that's it for video games, moving on to nerd theories. So, for this week, I wanted to talk about Marvel and Star Wars. Because from the looks of it, we're seeing a pattern where Disney is wanting experienced directors. Directors with either hits, like global box office hits, or they've won Oscars to continue to make stories for the MCU because of course before we were getting more and more tv shows movies and they really didn't pan out that well so they're most likely going for quality over quantity and if you think about it they have to do better with star wars especially when it comes to their movies they have burned their fans way too many times and when it comes to marvel they're starting to burn their fans I mean, heck, look at the new Guardians movie. It's the end of the road for not only the director, but Drax, Gamora, because their actors and actress are basically saying they're done. They're hanging up their robes, so either their characters are going to have to die, or they're going to have to recast them. So now, I think Disney is looking towards old directors, directors that have experience with different types of movies, which makes sense, but it's also kind of sad That they're not going to take the chance on some new directors. But I get it. It's something that has to be done. And they definitely don't want another fiasco where people are arguing themselves when an MCU show is bad that people don't want to admit that it's bad. So that's I really think that Disney is taking the safe approach when it comes to their products. Because think about it. Once people stop watching it's all going to come crashing down. Since this entire... Both franchises are big money makers. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're going to be taking chances on the little guys. The directors that don't have a lot of experience. But I really doubt that. Anyway, that's it for Nerd Theories. Moving on to current events. And wow, 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 wow. Was this an interesting current event. So, if you don't know. The Microsoft Activision merger purchase is probably dead in the water right now. And why? It's because the UK has blocked the buyout. And you would think that it was because, oh my God, they're going to get Call of Duty, which means, and other games, Blizzard, they're going to have most of the market. That actually wasn't the reason why the UK blocked them. They blocked them because of cloud gaming. So basically, streaming. They brought up that Microsoft already controls 70% of the gaming market when it comes to the cloud. And them getting Activision would drastically increase that, basically making them a monopoly. I don't know if they were prepared for that reasoning, but I mean they should have been. So as of right now, we don't know if the merge is going to go through. If it doesn't... I mean, I guess they save themselves billions of dollars, but that really sucks. But if they can get past that, we will see a whole new Activision, Microsoft that we've never seen before. And it will be very interesting to see. In my opinion, I really think that Microsoft buying Activision would give them a big monopoly. Since they would have Halo, Call of Duty, two of the biggest first-person shooters franchises ever. So, again, that's just my opinion. You're more than welcome to disagree with it. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. I really hope you guys had a fantastic time. And please like and support the podcast. Anyway, I hope I see you guys next week. Please stay safe and have a blessed one. Sayonara. See you later. And goodbye.